a while ago, I began to, um, I'll share this, I began to share some, uh, a list of idiosyncrasies that I began to put together, things that I come across on, on occasion, and, and I wonder how many of you as well have run into these, these weird things and uh, things like this. Uh, why is it that every time that, have you ever noticed, every time you need a green light, you get a red light? I'm talking about, and those times when you need a red light, you get a green light. How many times, why is it that those that um, in front of you, whenever you're in a hurry, those in front of you are not in a hurry? And on those times, whenever you're just taking your time going out the country and, and uh, you're just taking your time and someone behind you is in a hurry... How many of you have had those times to where you go to plug something in the wall and you have it turned the wrong way? You know what I'm talking about? It just frustrates the daylights out of me. It's turned the wrong way. And and even there are times whenever, even before I go to plug it in, I'll say to myself, now I know I'm going to have to turn it, so I'll turn it before I plug it. And it still was wrong. You know what I'm talking about? Still try to push it in too. Or how many of you get frustrated or why is it every time you go into a restroom and you wash your hands and put your hands under the dryer and it never is long enough to thoroughly dry your hands? Or one more that I thought about. How many of you have had this happen to you? Why is it when you go take a bag of trash out and you lay it down and it always falls back towards you and not towards the wall? Why do those things happen? You know what I'm talking about. Why? It's a small three-letter word that represents a short question. Yet it's a word that every single person in here has asked at some point in time in their life. Why can be a word that we use for trivial things like I just mentioned. Or the word why can be used during life-changing life-altering moments. Why just a few days ago did a reporter and a cameraman lose their life whenever a deranged person shot them in broad daylight? Why does that happen? Why are there radical Muslim zealots killing thousands of innocent people around the world. Not too long ago, I learned that a dear friend of ours um, came home to a note from their spouse, and their spouse was saying they've had enough and they're leaving them and the kids. Why? Why? And for some of our own here at the mill, why was a little three-year-old girl's life cut so short. The time that I spent with the family this week, some of the heart-wrenching times, the word why was mentioned a number of times. Perhaps some of you here today have asked that question of why. 
Maybe there's someone here today that you're asking that question with a a situation that's going on in your life. Times when you need something to hang on to. Something tangible that you can grasp during these times. And may I just mention something? In times of deep grief, whether you're the family or whether you're one of the ones that are there to support, let the tears come. Just let them come. And those of us that are around that, don't say a word. Just let the tears come. Many times tears do not need to be answered with any words. We need that. Tears are a way of healing, and that's okay. So as difficult as the task might be today, I'd like to try and shed some light on that word. Why? I'd like to try and shed some light on some answers to these hard issues in life. If you have your Bibles, turn to John 11. It's a story that we've referenced to a couple of times over the last several weeks. John chapter 11. This is our story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Actually, the story of Lazarus when he died. John chapter 11. Let's begin with reading the first three verses. We'll skip verse 4 and then go to verse 5. Ryan, you may have to help me here. I'm stuck again. Point over here. Not working. There we go. Just bear with me. I'll just throw this away if I have to. There we go. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he he whom you love is sick. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. This family was not a stranger to Jesus. The request to Jesus did not come from just someone in the crowd that he had no idea who they were. You know, these verses reveal to us that Jesus had developed some kind of relationship with this family. I believe we could even say that this family and Jesus were tight. They had some kind of history together. Uh, He was practically family to them. Surely Jesus would come in their time of need. Surely Jesus would come when they throw up the SOS replies or signals to Jesus. Perhaps they were thinking, we know Jesus is a busy man. We know he probably has thousands around him. But when he hears that the family of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus desperately need you, I'm sure our request will get bumped to the line, to the front of the line. But if you continue on, read verse 6. 
Verse 6. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Stop there. Does not make sense, does it? I mean, it, it appears as though Jesus specifically, intentionally stayed where he was for two more days. It seems as though Jesus intentionally delayed and did not come when they needed him. Have you been there? <laughs> yeah. And if we read further, we will see that by the time that Jesus does get there, Lazarus has passed away. Lazarus is dead. Let's stay in the same chapter and go to verse 20, verses 20 and 21. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 32. Skip to verse 32. Then when Mary, the other sister, came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What were they saying to Jesus? You know what they were saying to Jesus? Jesus, why? Why? You see, for them it wasn't a matter of faith. They knew who Jesus was. They knew what he could do. It wasn't a matter of faith. It wasn't a matter of distance. They had given him plenty of time to get to where they were. So why? Why did Jesus not answer their prayers as they wanted? What about you? Have you ever felt the same way? Has Jesus ever seemingly abandoned you? It's not a matter of your faith. You know what Jesus is able to do. You've trusted, you've believed in Him, yet He has either not shown up or He has not answered the prayers as you wanted Him to. A mom and dad says, Why? Is Jesus not answering our prayers as they continue to pray for a wayward child? Why have I lost my job? Why can't I find a job? Why can't we have children? Why are our finances always so tight? Why do the innocent, especially little children, have to suffer? These are questions that often get asked. Giving answers to these whys are not so easy. But I feel like this is a Sunday when we need to hit this topic. This is a time when, not just for the family, but for us as a family of God, we need to look at this. Because life is full of whys, isn't it? Where do our answers come from to the whys in life? First off, We live in a fallen world. This is one of the answers to our whys. We live in a fallen world. We live in a Genesis 3 world. A world that's been affected by Adam and Eve's sin. You see, when Adam and Eve, through the free will given by God, 
when through Adam and Eve chose to disobey, the nature of sin would enter every human heart born thereafter. We know that Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And on that fateful day in the garden that ushered into the existence a world where a sinful man would be allowed to choose between right and wrong, good and evil. Free will that can result in selfless acts of love and kindness or selfish acts of evil and wickedness. And when this happens, the results can be terrible. See, not only is the heart of man under the curse of sin, our natural world is under a curse as well. All of life, church, was affected when Adam and Eve sinned. Even our natural world, our natural disasters that take place, the tornadoes. I was watching a program uh, about uh, the hurricanes, the top ten most deadliest hurricanes of all time. And it was incredible to see the power and the strength and the ferocity of a hurricane and the devastation that it put on the land and, and the people, all the people that died and all the death and destruction and millions and billions of dollars. Folks, that is, that is going back to... Adam and Eve's sin. Romans 8.22 reveals this to us. It says, For all, for even all creation groans under its present state. Sometimes our whys are answered because we live in a fallen world. And it's never easy to hear that. But that is one answer. Another answer that we sometimes hear is that God may have another plan. Sometimes our whys can be answered by knowing that God has another plan and if God has another plan, then it's a better plan. You see, our Lazarus story even reveals this. If we look at verse 4 and verse 15, it says, Jesus said, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. In verse 15, Jesus said, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Church, sometimes Jesus purposely does not give us the answer we ask for, Because he has a plan that is meant to glorify him. A plan to glorify him and to build the faith of others. If you're in the youth group this morning, you've recently gone through the book Crazy Love. And you studied a story, uh, you read a story about a girl named Brooke. Brooke Bronkowski was a beautiful 14-year-old girl who I believe went to Francis Chan's church. She was passionate about her walk with Jesus Christ. She would even take her babysitting money and she would buy Bibles for her unsaved friends in school. She led a Bible study uh, on school campus there. And when she was 12 years old, she wrote an essay declaring 
her dedication to the Lord. And I'm going to ask our youth pastor to come up at this time and read that story. I want you to hear the words of this 12-year-old little girl. Since I have my life before me, I'll live my life to the fullest. I'll be happy. I'll brighten up. I will be more joyful than I have ever been. I will be kind to others. I will loosen up. I will tell others about Christ. I will go on adventures and change the world. I will be bold and not change who I really am. I will have no troubles, but instead help others with their troubles. You see, I'll be one of those people who live to be history makers at a young age. Oh, I'll have moments, good and bad, but I'll wipe away the bad and only remember the good. In fact, that's all I'll remember. Just good moments, nothing in between, just living my life to the fullest. I'll be one of those people who go somewhere with a mission, an awesome plan, a world-changing plan, and nothing will hold me back. I'll set an example for others. I will pray for direction. I have my life before me. I will give others the joy I have, and God will give me more joy. I will do everything God tells me to do. I will follow the footsteps of God. I will do my best. Hmm. That was written when she was 12 years of age. Hard to believe that a 12-year-old would write that, huh? Two years later, when Brooke was in her freshman year of high school, she was involved in an accident that took her life. You can imagine the number of whys that were asked during that time, can't you? Francis Chan tells in his book that over 1,500 people attended her funeral. Numerous words were spoken about her love for Jesus Christ. And Francis Chan shared the gospel. And he said that about 200 people came down to the altar. During her time of a funeral. He tells that the ushers passed out Bibles. The very same Bibles that Brooke was storing in her garage. To hand out to her friends. You see, in one day, Brooke led more people to the Lord than most people will ever lead in their life. Sometimes God has another plan. I didn't say that was easy. But remember that our God is sovereign, church. Our God is sovereign. Our God knows all, and He can see all, and He knows our past as well as our future. And sometimes, He acts solely out of the knowledge of what is best for us, and best for the loved one. He knows the beginning from the end. Again, I did not say this was easy, but our Father knows best. Church, you can trust him regardless. God has never been out of control when there is nothing that takes place that overwhelms him or surprises him. And there is nothing that takes place without his knowledge or permission. Sometimes our whys are answered by believing and accepting that God has another plan. 
This third one may be a little more difficult to swallow, but it's true nonetheless. We must accept the fact that sometimes there are no answers. We don't like that one. Sometimes our whys may never be answered this side of heaven. And it's natural for us as humans to want answers and we want closure on everything. We want to be in control and when we feel like we're out of control and it's hard to process it all. I may have said this before, but I'll say it again. My mom has said sometimes God allows us to go through things if for nothing more than for us to draw closer to the Lord. For us to snuggle up closer to Him because He knows that in that difficulty, that might be one of the only ways that we will draw closer to Him. Maybe He senses that we're drifting away from Him and who knows. For we do know that difficulties and trials will produce one of two things. You either go away from the Lord or you'll snuggle up to Him. Remember Job? (laughs) By human standards, Job had a legitimate beef with God. I mean, Job is described as a righteous man, a blameless man, a man who did nothing wrong. And God allowed seemingly pointless and unanswered tragic events to take place in his life. Events that led Job to scream out to God, God, why? Why? What have I done? What sin have I committed, God? Job lost all of his property and his cattle and animals and farm. He lost a home. He lost his kids. Lost several of his kids. Job knows. Job asked the question, why, too? And the only answer at this time that God gave Job is He said, Who are you, the created, to question me, the Creator? Sometime read the book of Job. Hmm. Job 38, 4 through 11 is God's response to Job and thereafter. And, and, another, and another point, going back to what I said earlier, when you're around... Uh, people that are grieving, that are going through a horrific ordeal. You don't need to say anything. I've said this to some of you before. I may have said it here again. My dad has told me sometimes you just need to sit in the mud with somebody. If you read early on in the, in the, in the book of Job, remember his friends that were there for him? Early on, Job's friends had said for, I believe, for the longest time, it may have been like a couple weeks, they just sat with him. They did not say a word. They just sat with him and they sat in the mud with him. That's what he needed. It was then after that they began to kind of attack him and they began to question him and these things were still going on, Job, and what did you do or why did this happen? He didn't need that. Families just need to know that you're there for them, that you care. Job. In time, God restored Job and his faith 
even though no real answers were given to Job as to what happened and why it happened. Those are just three quick answers. They're not maybe good answers, but they are answers. But there's a couple of points, a couple of major points that I want to leave you with this morning. During our wise in life, as we see someone's life like Kylie in so soon, we ask, why God, why? Our human finite minds cannot grasp it. Some people have even turned away from God when they ask questions like, how can God allow such things to happen? How can there be a God and this happen or that happen? Listen, during times like this, there's a few things that we must try to remember. Listen to me. Understand that God did not or God does not create or cause these objects of pain or sorrow in our life. But he does desire to manifest himself and reveal himself to a lost and a dying world through them. To point people to him and their need of a savior, church. And in our situation with the family, may we focus on the fact that Kylie is safe in the arms of Jesus right at this moment. She is safe. She's secure. Her ticket's bought and paid for. And I wonder if she would even want to come back. Up there with Boo, huh? Family, hold on to that. There are some things you'll have to hold on to. Hold on to that. Just as much as you're in those seats right now, sitting down, just as much as, as we can see the fans moving and the lights are on and the seats and everything is in front of us, she's in the blissful presence of her Lord and Savior. In fact, we focus on those things. But in times like this, God wants to remind the rest of us, listen to me, just how short life is. I know three years old is way too short. But God wants us to look at a situation like this and hear me out, prepare us for eternity. I wish Brian were here this morning. He'd be glad to know that I'm using something that he told me. But Brian told me Brian is a big baseball nut. And he's a nut, but he's a big baseball nut. And uh, he told me one time, he said that the lifespan for a major league baseball is seven pitches. Is that amazing? The lifespan for a major league baseball is seven pitches. That's all. Maybe it's going to be fouled off. Maybe it's going to be a home run. Maybe it gets scuffed to where the pitcher doesn't want to use it anymore. And it's only three pitches. I was shocked to hear that. Listen, whether you're 93, whether you're 43, or whether you're 3, life is short. Life is short. Even at 93, my grandma is 93 years of age, but if you ask her today, she said life is just flying by. Just flying by. The older we get, some of you can look at me and shake your heads and say that life is flying by. Just like that. 93 years, listen, in light of eternity is nothing, church. It's, it's, it's just a blip on a radar. It's not even, it's not even there as it, when it's measured in a time scale. 
just a blink of an eye. While our minds and hearts are trying to process three years, Jesus is trying to get our attention. And he's saying to us, make sure that you're ready. These are some of the words that I'm going to share with the family on Tuesday. Make sure you're ready. That's the first major point, something I want you to remember. The second, hear me on this, this is another thing that you just grasp onto, tie a knot at the end and hold on. Think of the character of God. Don't forget the character of God. In the midst of our unanswered prayers, never forget who God is. Never forget His character. For you see, the Bible tells us, and our hearts tell us as well, that our God is a God of love. He is a God of wisdom. He is a God of goodness. He is still a God of holiness. It also tells us that He is a God of vengeance and justice. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But he is also a God of long-suffering, God of mercy, a God of peace, a God of truth, and so much more. And because of this, God can be trusted no matter what. For I know whom I have believed in, and I am persuaded that he's able. He's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I know, I know, I know. Number three, with God there's always hope. I shared this with the family on Tuesday. And it's a reference back to our story with Lazarus. In the midst of their pain and the sting of death, Jesus said this in John 11, chapter, John 11, 25. Jesus looked at the sisters and he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he. You won't find that kind of hope anywhere outside of Jesus Christ. What a word of hope. Jesus just told us that even when we pass from this life to the next, if we know and if we believe in Him, we live. We live. Church, during our times of why, for those who make Jesus personal, you hear me on that? Remember what we talked about before I went on vacation? For those of us who make Jesus what Peter made Jesus when Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? For those of us who make Jesus personal, you can make it. You can make it. Family, I say to you today, you can make it. When the very last thing in your mind is, or you're thinking, how can I make it? You can make it. Because Jesus Christ is alive. If you make him personal, 
Even the wise of life cannot separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. Listen, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. We are not living for this life. Jesus just said that anyone who believes in me, anyone who accepts me, anyone who admits, who believes, who confesses, anyone who makes me personal, look, even if you die in this life, you're going to live. What a message. And then lastly, we have his word and the promises of his word, especially in times of difficulty. We can read things, maybe not, give me fits. Psalm 34, 18. I'm just going to read these. Maybe God's trying to say, forget that clicker anyways and just go right to my word anyways. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. And he saves such as have a contrite spirit. Psalm 46, 1 through 7. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. Verse 10, be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And oh my, Isaiah 43. How can we not look at Isaiah 43? But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. I believe, I thought of this verse on Tuesday with the family. I believe that this verse applies to someone like Kylie. And it, it applies to those who are left. Listen. It applies to both. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. We can trust Him. We can trust Him. Let me read you one story and then I'm done. You can trust your Father. You can trust your Lord this morning. 
Matthew 6.32, Jesus is talking about don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, where you're going to go, and what God will take care of all that because he knows what you need. And, and here it says, your heavenly Father knoweth. That's the scripture reference. And here's the story. A visitor at a school for the deaf and dumb was writing questions on the, block, on the blackboard for the children. This is of the deaf and dumb. And then he wrote this sentence. I don't know why, but it seems rather callous, but he wrote this sentence. Why has God made me to hear and speak and made you deaf and dumb? The awful sentence fell upon the little ones like a fierce blow in the face. They sat palsied before that dreadful why. And then a little girl rose to her feet. Her lips were still trembling. Her eyes were swimming with tears. Straight to the board she walked and picking up the chalk, she wrote with firm hand these precious words. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. What a reply. It reaches up and lays hold of an eternal truth upon which the maturest believer as well as the youngest child of God may alike securely rest. The truth that God is your father. Do you mean that? Do you really and fully believe that? When you do, then your dove of faith will no longer wander in weary unrest but will settle down forever in its eternal resting place of peace. I can still believe that a day comes for all of us, however far off it may be, when we shall understand, when these tragedies that now blacken and darken the very air of heaven for us will one day sink into their places so magnificent, so joyful, that we shall laugh for wonder and delight. Church, it's not easy. But for the child of God, facing the whys of life, we can say that through it all, we can trust Him. Through it all. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And um, we're going to sing a closing song. And then at the end of the closing song, we're going to take up our love offering and then we're going to close. I don't know what you're dealing with today. We obviously have a family that is in desperate need of prayer. But maybe there's others here that you're asking why. Not always easy to answer. But you know that you have a God that you can trust. A God that is faithful. A God who will walk down that road with you. And one day, whether this life or the next, your why will be answered. Tie a knot at the end of the rope and hold on. Would you pray with me? Father, Lord. Lord, what a difficult time. Lord, we are just mere human. We're finite. We don't have all the answers. But I want to thank you, God. I want to thank you. For being one that does. And even in the times that the answer might not be revealed, God, we can still trust you. 
God, we pray for the family. They're here. Bless their hearts, Lord. They're here. I have to believe, Lord, that they believe that their help is coming from here and coming from you. And, Lord, would you give them what they need in the coming days? Give them strength beyond their own measure. Give them grace and endurance and mercy beyond their own means. Lord, if there's anyone else here that's going through a why, I pray that you would help them today as well. Maybe something was said or done or shared that will help them today, God. Thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' name.